Life Audio. Have you ever had a situation where you just thought to yourself, if they would just listen to me? Maybe as a parent or as a mentor or even as an employee or an employer. I think that's a common experience that we all have where we have this knowledge. We understand something about a situation that the other person does not. And in our frustration, either we say the words or we think them, man, if they would just listen to me. That's kind of the tone that we're approaching the text today because that's what we see in Israel and the relationship with God. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode. We're going to have a word from our sponsor and then we're going to dive right in. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are reading through Psalm 81. We are continuing our psalm study where we're going through one devotional style reading of a psalm each day. I pray this series has been a blessing to you. If you want to go along with the journaling prompts and the key verses that we send out every Monday, that's free. You can join the newsletter at shehears.org on the homepage. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, you can join the newsletter and you'll get that right in your inbox for free every week. And that's just a way to help guide you, to help you process the information, to get it from your head into your heart. If you would like to go back to the beginning of the Psalm series, we also have Psalms 1 through 50 available in a guided journal with links to the audio devotionals. That's only $5. That's something you can pick up if you don't want to go along with the emails and you're starting back from, from scratch. It's an easy way to follow along with us. So like I said, we're doing a devotional reading of Psalm 81, and I will be using the NIV version. I'm starting in verse 1. Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Begin the music, strike the tambourine, play the melodious harp and lyre. Sound the ram's horn at the new moon, and when the moon is full on the day of our feast, this is a decree for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. He established it as a statute for Joseph when he went out against Egypt, where he heard a language we did not understand. He says, I removed the burden from their shoulders. Their hands were set free from the basket. In your distress, you called and I rescued you. I answered you out of a thundercloud. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, and I will warn you, if you would but listen to me, O Israel, you shall have no foreign God among you, but you shall not bow down to an alien God. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. 
but my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would but listen to me, if Israel would follow my ways, how quickly would I subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes? Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. Oh, you can just hear the ache of God's heart where he's saying, man, I wish they would just listen to me. And I, I, while I'm not God, obviously, and none of us are, I think many of us can recognize that that same emotion that God must have had if they would just listen to me. I know as a mom, I've had that. Even as a boss, I've had that with some of my employees over the years. And I remember just thinking, like, they don't even know what they don't know. And so what we see in this psalm is this idea of God's mercy and our bad decisions lead us to this place that God does not want us to go. And that's not God's plan for us. In fact, God's best plan is that we would listen to him so that he could give us his best plan. But ultimately, it's not an end of the road for us. It's a call to kind of make a U-turn. And what we see is both a plea and a command from God when he says, I wish if they would just listen to me. And so while there are consequences of our bad decisions, that's not the final word because God's call to turn around is always there. We see that this Psalm is part of a trio of psalms that are called festival psalms, and they're traditionally associated with the festival of Rosh Hashanah. And we see that from a couple of different um, imagery and, and words that they, they say there. But essentially, this is one of three psalms that incorporates a prophetic message as part of the design. We see that in uh, a couple of different of the Asaph psalms, this one and Psalm 95, most closely we see it. And so Psalm 80 that we did yesterday, it closes with a prayer that God will make his face shine on his people and save them. And then Psalm 81 engages in this realistic idea of Israel's history and their nature to be rebellious, but it also focuses on the divine promise of God that will feed them the finest of wheat and honey from the rock if and when they repent. And so it it's a lot different when it's talking about honey from the rock and the finest of wheat. When we're thinking about yesterday, we talked about the diet of tears and um, the bread of tears. That there's, there's a huge contrast and the difference is repentance. That's the difference between living a life that is, cons- you're basically consuming trauma and pain versus a life that has honey from the rock and the finest of wheat. What is the the exchange that happens there? Well, the difference is repentance. And so what we're talking about in Psalm 81 is kind of um, a hope message where we recognize, yes, we're dealing with the consequences of our sin, but there's more. There's more on the other side of our repentance. There are a couple things I want to point out as we study this psalm. One is that it talks about a giddith and a timbrel, and these are both known to have been musical instruments, and so we know that this was a psalm that was used as part of the worship. But the timbrel specifically was an instrument that was used by women, especially while they were dancing. And um, of course, it talks about the harp and the lyre. But I think that's important to mention because I think sometimes we think about worship in the temple as primarily being done by men. 
But the fact that a timbrel was included means that there was women participating and likely dancing while they were worshiping. I thought that was really interesting. And then it also mentions the shofar, which if you don't know about a shofar, it's kind of neat. It's a ram's horn. And so essentially sounding the horn, sounding the shofar was basically a practice where they took um, the ram's horn and it was hollow inside and they would use it like a trumpet. And if you've never seen it, you can probably Google it and watch watch on YouTube. It's really neat. Sometimes they're really, really big. They're long. And they use this uh, as kind of like a call to worship. And so, like I said, this was likely the Feast of Rosh Hashanah. And the Feast of Rosh Hashanah is actually translated as the day of blowing the shofar. And so it's essentially saying it's a day for you to sound the trumpets, but they literally would have been using these ram's horns as a call to this festival. And then because we know that the Feast of Tabernacles was a prominent thing in ancient Israel, sometimes they would just even refer to it as the feast. That's how common it was. It was um, believed that this was one of the festivals that was being celebrated in Psalm 81 as well. And so it's really interesting. If you've never done a study of the the different festivals of Israel, I would challenge you to do that because they're kind of neat with all the different meanings that they have with them. But but that's essentially what is happening as they're starting off the, the the beginning part of this psalm. When it talks about how, like in verse 5, when God went out against Egypt, it's talking about um, how God punished Egypt, probably with the plagues, and how Israel would have been participating in the Exodus. And remember, that was when they left Egypt and they started the wandering in the desert. And so this is looking back to a time when God's hand of provision was really evident in in the life of Israel. So overall, there's this general sense of celebration of what God has done over the period of history that that Israel's reflecting back on. I think we're going to pause here and take a brief break, have a word from our sponsor, and when we come back, we'll finish with the rest of this psalm. Stay tuned. So I want to point out in verse 7, it says, In your distress you called, and I rescued you. I answered you out of a thundercloud. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. So distress, thundercloud, waters of Meribah, these are terms that cover Israel's bondage in Egypt. And so there's a revelation here of the law on Mount Sinai that's being referred to. And then it's also talking about the wilderness area when they were wandering around the wilderness. And so then it goes on to say, I tested you. And generally in the Pentateuch and in other Psalms, Israel tests God. But what we see here is a flip where on occasion God tests Israel. And Um, I think that's important to point out because he is looking for them to uphold their part of the covenant. And I wonder if you've ever thought about that before, about this thought of God testing us. I think for me, it's happened in a couple different times throughout my life. I remember um, there was one situation where God had called me to be faithful to a certain assignment, a ministry assignment. And in the process a really lucrative um, and very public ministry job opportunity opened up working for um, a megachurch running kind of a, a scenario where it would be 
very, it was very, very flattering to even be considered for such a role. And I was completely content and knew that God had called me to the role I was currently in. But out of the blue, to get a job offer like that, that paid more than I was currently making, that had much more impact, um, I really struggled with it. And the reason I struggled with it was not because I thought God was calling me to that, but it was because of the... I, you know, it was one, working for one of the Hollywood pastors. And so um, it was like the notoriety, I guess. And just this feeling of like, oh, wow, if they would want me, then, you know, maybe that's something I should pursue. And very quickly, I recognized that it, this was likely a test from the Lord because um, there was something in my spirit. There was just a check I had in my spirit that was just not adding up. And it ended up that as I did a little bit more research, I had, I had made the decision in prayer to not pursue that and to stay put where I knew that God had put me. But, um, I did a little research a week or two later and I realized that there was a lot of controversy around this pastor and, um, controversy that I would not have wanted to be involved in and quite likely the reason why that job position was open in the first place. And so I thought, man, I was really thankful, God, that you protected me from that. And not that this testing is the same as what Israel did, but I think there are times that God tests us to see if we're going to remain faithful to what he called us to. And uh, shortly after that was actually when I ended up starting the podcast and God has opened up so many doors with the podcast that I'm so thankful for, but I would not have had time to do a podcast had I been working for a mega church. And so I think there's just sometimes, um, like what we see in scripture, there is opportunities that God has to test us to see if we're going to remain faithful to what he's called us to do. Down in verse eight, it's when it's saying again, if you would just listen to me, um, he talks about warning you, I will warn you. And that word warn, um, it's sometimes used as testify, it carries with it a sense of warning to correct a relationship that has gone bad. And I think that's important to know because it's not just like a warning of like, hey, you better not do that. But it is trying to correct the relationship. And again, what we see is God is always about relationship. He's always pursuing his people for the sake of relationship. And we even see that in the ways that he's trying to turn things around for Israel. And then we see that right after that when he's talking about them having foreign gods or not having any other God other than him. It's really, if you think about it, it comes down to relationship. When he says, you shall not worship a strange God, he, he's craving that relationship to be special and set apart and holy, set apart for him. And that's one of the primary sins that we see Israel fall into is they're not taking that commandment seriously. There is this sense of when he says, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. There's this sense of God as the father trying to provide for his people. And when it talks about fill it, fill it with what, that's an expression that normally refers to filling the mouth with words, not necessarily food. I think I, I used to, um, think it meant food, but it also means words in the sense of, giving him, giving them direction to know what to do next. And, um, we do see again, then in in later in verse 16, it talks about the finest of wheat and honey from the rock. So perhaps it means more than one thing. It, It can literally mean being, you know, filled with the things that they need for sustenance, but it also 
has this dynamic of relationship and communication involved as well. I think what we see overall here in this passage is just this idea of grace, where we see God as the speaker in in parts of the psalm, the psalm, as speaking grace and this desire for relationship to be restored with them. And that reveals so much of God's heart that we see throughout, not just the Psalms, but the rest of the scriptures. And ultimately what God requires of Israel, what he requires of us is for us to listen and to be obedient to what he's calling us to do. And so, you know, he says that we hear it twice in this Psalm. If you, meaning my people, Israel, would only listen to me. And so the calling that we have is obedient listening. And it's not just listening, but it's being obedient to what God has called us to do. And that is a special divine grace that that I think sometimes we take advantage of. And I think in our own lives, the call still remains to be obediently listening. A friend of mine, he, he said it a long time ago. He said, delayed obedience is still disobedience. And that has stuck with me so long. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Because ultimately what God wants is for us to be obedient when we hear his voice. The, and, and really that is entrenched in relationship. If I have a relationship with God where I trust him and I know him to be faithful, then when he tells me to do something, I'm going to be obedient and listen right away. I'm not going to hem-haw around. I'm not going to try to manipulate the situation. I'm just going to be obedient. And so is it about the obedience or is it about the relationship? I think what God craves is that relationship with us so that we would be in such close relationship with him that the listening part, that the obedience part would just come naturally. And I, I think that's what I want to keep in mind as I start back over and I read from verse one. That's that kind of relationship is what I think we want to focus in on that God longs to have with us. Starting at verse one, sing for joy to God, our strength, shout aloud to the God of Jacob, begin the music, strike the tambourine, play the melodious harp and lyre, sound the ram's horn at the new moon. And when the moon is full on the day of our feast, this is a decree for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. He established it as a statute for Joseph when he went out against Egypt, where he had heard a language we did not understand. He says, I removed the burden from their shoulders. Their hands were set free from the basket. In your distress, you called and I rescued you. I answered you out of a thundercloud. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, and I will warn you. If you would but listen to me, O Israel, you shall have no foreign God among you. You shall not bow down to an alien God. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would but listen to me, if Israel would follow my ways, how quickly would I subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes? Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. God, help us to enter into this kind of relationship that it would enable us to be obedient listeners, that when we hear you, we would respond in obedience, that we would not even question it because of the key relationship we have with you, that it would not even be about the obedience portion, but it would be about the relationship. God, I we can see echoed throughout this psalm 
your heart for your people, where you just long for them to listen to you. Lord, help us to learn from the Israelites. Help us to recognize that when you call us to obedience, it is with the understanding that you are are good and that you do good. Lord, I pray that when we sense your own calling for obedience in our lives, that we would be listening obediently and quickly, Lord God, but that even more than that, you would lead us into this close relationship with you, that that would be our focus, that we would not have stubborn hearts like like they did, but that we would look to you so that you can satisfy in a way that only you can do. Lord, we thank you for the way that you continually pursue us in, in relationship. We thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little one-on-one? My goal for the She Hears Ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, all the resources that we have is to really help you learn how to hear God's voice so that you can be confident in your relationship with him. And if you're struggling to learn how to identify or even overcome the barriers that you have in your life to growth, I want to be able to walk through that with you. Did you know that I'm a Christian life coach? Maybe you're struggling with something and you need some objective biblical insight or opinions, or maybe you need to work through something that feels just a little bit too heavy to do on your own. I would love to walk through that with you and land on some practical ways to achieve that goal. And so I have some limited coaching opportunities. If you go to shehears.org, there's a section where you can schedule some one-on-one time with me. I have Mondays and Fridays open right now going into the new year. So I pray that if that is something that you need, that you've been praying about that it would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of some one-on-one time with me. And again, my heart is really to help you lean into whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I pray that that's a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.